0: Welcome back to Devil Details. This is episode seven of the podcast, which feels very weird. (laughs) There's no, you know, we're not talking about a specific episode of Blackbird this time. There's no, it's the first post-show episode. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It is weird. Yeah. Um, Anyway, my name is Sarah. And I'm Kristen. (laughs) And we're here to talk to you about things that we might have missed. In our earlier episodes, we're here to talk about our final thoughts and feelings on the show. And of course, hear from another couple of amazing yeah. people who were involved in the show that we're very excited we still to hear have from. More. We keep getting more and more amazing people. It's so cool. And this is not the end of it. No, we still have more guests. <laughs> huge, huge guests coming. And our two huge guests for this episode, we have Cecilia Liel, who played Rochelle. In Mm -hmm. Blackbird. She told us a lot of good stuff about her time working on the show, um, working with Taryn. And of course, we had to ask her about that That scene scene. with Taryn. So she shared about that. And we also have Carter Bellamy. Yeah. Um, So Carter.
1: This one was a cool one, too.
0: Yeah, definitely. We were excited to talk to him. Not only did Carter, he actually made an appearance in a couple Mm -hmm. of the episodes of the show as Leper Prisoner. But he is also the man behind Taryn's brilliant Chicagoan accent in the show. He is a dialect coach to Taryn and to a a few other Mm -hmm. big deal uh, TV stars and stuff. So we're going to hear from both of those people in a little bit. But first, we got to wrap this up. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I don't even know how you start wrapping it up. I know.
0: (laughs) I don't want it to end. I don't want it to end either. It's not over, though. No. This, this is the wrap-up episode, but we have some, some big interviews coming up, too, that are... Uh,
1: and some fun stuff planned. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So I, I did a quick rewatch this week of all six episodes. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess I'll, I'll talk about some little things that we might have missed in our regular recording or, you know, our regular mm-hmm. episodes. So I guess I'll just start with episode one. Yeah. So first, actually, I did a deep dive on the three friends of Jimmy in the first, mm. really the first scene or, you know, We're
1: watching football
0: clips. right at the beginning. Yeah. The the ones that are watching their old high school football tapes. So one of Jimmy's friends in the first scene is played by Santo Panzarella. And he so <laughs> basically I connected all of these guys to like other Blackbird actors and other scenes. <laughs> They all have connections to other people. So Santo Panzerella was in an episode of Kingdom, which Paul Walter Hauser yeah. has a big role in. Paul was not in the episode with <laughs> Santo <laughs> Panzarella. Um, so they didn't actually like actually cross over, but they're in the same show. So I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. And then another friend is played by T.C. Mathern, who was in an episode of The Underground Railroad, which Colin Moss also mm-hmm. did a couple episodes of. Again, there's no episode uh, overlap between them, but still the (laughs) same show. But they were still there, yeah. Yes, there's still a connection there. Um, And the third one is played by Logan McRae, and he is actually one of the stars of Where the Crawdads Sing. Yeah. Which our friend Blue Clark is in. Blue. Yeah, so that's an actual crossover. (laughs) (laughs) They're in the same movie, uh, and I thought that was pretty cool. I, I guess because they filmed,
1: I would assume a lot of those things were all filmed... In New Orleans. So maybe that's why.
0: Maybe, yeah. And um the guy who plays Danny, actually, the the friend that mm-hmm. Jimmy has to go save from the the drug supplier, uh, he's played by Stephen Lewis Grush and he was in The Ravine. Oh with Luke Clark. <laughs> And he was in an episode of Your Honor with Cullen Moss. Look at it. And they're, they were in the same episode. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, but they're New Orleans based, most of them. Mm-hmm. And and most of these guys have been in episodes of NCIS New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, and so is Cecilia Liel, actually. Oh, interesting. And uh, I think Logan McRae is the only one that wasn't in NCIS New Orleans.
1: NCIS, Law and Order, CSI, they're all
0: those every actor has been on. Everyone's <laughs> been in them, Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, so those are some fun connections that I found.
1: Interesting. And I wonder how much of the crew, because, you know, Natalie told us that a lot of the cinematography crew was local. So I wonder yeah. how many of them were also on all of those projects that were filmed in New Orleans, too. <laughs> I'm
0: going to build a big, like,
1: wall. We'll be like um, a connecting connecting miller um when he's got all of his things in his <laughs> office
0: yeah the cork boards with like pins and yarn connecting things Just how this all, person everyone's was connected in with this person It'll <laughs> be like six degrees of kevin bacon for everyone
1: <laughs> which now are six degrees to a lot of people are very very small
0: yes they are <laughs> actually to kevin bacon it's, who's connected to kevin bacon on the show we've talked about this before yeah, maybe not have. on the podcast no, oh we def- um joe williamson was in here and now yes with Ke- with, with kevin bacon's daughter that's one yeah <laughs> i think that's a bacon number of two yeah i don't know how bacon numbers work
1: uh, i feel like greg kinnear's got to be connected somehow
0: it's gotta be
1: i'm looking now <laughs> <laughs> oh greg kinnear's got so many things <laughs> was kevin bacon in friends
0: was he? I don't, did
1: I don't he ever know. Did he ever appear on Friends? I don't remember.
0: Was Greg Kinnear in Friends?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. I think that's what I just saw. Maybe not.
0: Colin Firth was in a movie with Kevin Bacon. So he has connections to Colin and to Taryn.
1: Yeah. Uh, Greg Kinnear was in an episode. He played a doctor. And the episode title is the one with Ross's Grant. So I'm assuming with he plays a paleontologist. And now that I'm thinking about it, I can see his face.
0: (laughs) Anyway. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, we just played. (laughs) No, everyone's like, this is so boring,
0: guys. (laughs) Why are we listening to this (laughs) podcast anymore? Stay with us, I promise. No, it's good. Everything. We have lots of good stuff coming, I promise. (laughs) Uh, What else in episode one did we miss? Oh, I did. (laughs) Not to uh, bring Taron hair watches back when we've been so... uh, (laughs) diving so deep into it but I realized that in the scene with the whole drug fiasco with Danny his hair is very either like exactly the same or very similar to the style that it was in the dream sequence in episode six like it had like kind of the wave
1: thing going on so maybe that's
0: the look he was like
1: dreaming yeah like that moment of him
0: maybe yeah it was very it was very similar or that's like his typical look and then in jail he yeah. had a different just sort of slicked back look interesting it took some silly uh, just... jim you know when jimmy's making his shake in the morning right before the house gets raided he's jamming to music and i just thought that that was funny because of uh of how Taryn edgerton's always, oh, yeah. always on instagram playing music, playing music yeah. and cooking and it was a very, like, Terran-esque moment. Yeah,
1: I wonder. So if you scroll through Twitter, speaking of him making his drink, if you scroll through Twitter a lot, uh, a lot of people assume that that is milk.
0: <laughs> it's in a blender, though.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's probably got milk in it because it's a smoothie, but I assume it's a smoothie.
0: Yeah. Like a a, pro-
1: some sort of protein drink. Like shake thing. Yeah. But it's funny that people, that's the scene. People. <laughs>
0: That's the reference thing that the everyone, that, like, pictures were coming out from, mm-hmm. you know, it was like Taryn was mixed with...
1: And milk. But it's not milk. <laughs> I assume it's some sort of shake.
0: I would hope that your milk is not that color.
1: No. It's
0: just, it's like it shouldn't yellow-ish. be if that's your milk. <laughs> Don't drink your milk if it looks like that, please. But it
1: looks green in some shots, and in some shots it looks yellow.
0: Yeah. So... Either way,
1: not milk, milk color.
0: <laughs> Um, and then what else did I find in episode one? Episode one was one that I was like extremely paying attention to. And then the rest of the episodes, (laughs) I was just kind of watching and enjoying. So I didn't get a ton of notes for them. Oh, the jacket that Ray Liotta is wearing when, when Big Jim visits Jimmy the second time in jail is very similar to what Jimmy wears when he's being transported to Springfield Mm -hmm. in episode two. It's like this black sporty Mm -hmm. jacket with white trim on it. Oh, yeah. It's like they have similar styles.
1: Yeah. It's like a, like a tracksuit type jacket.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: I wonder if that's purposely.
0: I would, I would assume. I would think that that might be a little, I mean, maybe not. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I'm just diving too deep into it, (laughs) but I would think that it is reflective of their relationship. It's a complicated relationship, but they're very close and Jimmy provides for his dad. So Mm -hmm. it would make sense that they would have
1: some similar things, yeah. And a lot of TV, and maybe I just watch weird TV, but a lot of shows do like everything's done specifically.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I was a big Once Upon a Time fan, and mm-hmm. everything in there was done very specifically.
0: Yeah, and like like every would be called character back outfit later episodes and
1: like seasons away.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: um I'll digress for a moment but I got to meet the creators of Once Upon a Time and I mm. asked them a question about something that happened in season two, two or three I don't remember early on and he's like you'll you'll know in a little bit what that meant <laughs> and then there it was I was like oh, it was something to do with Regina and Cora if you watch the show but they it was very specific and they were like yeah we put stuff in that gets called back and like outfits that the characters wear are done very specifically and chosen
0: yeah and i, so I think maybe. that's definitely true for this show mm-hmm. i think especially since they had it all planned out the entire way it was like mm-hmm. just this limited six episode series that they had dennis Lehane is an amazing writer mm-hmm. and he had time to kind of spell everything out and put in these little easter eggs and stuff
1: mm-hmm.
0: um so it's kind of fun going yeah. through and, and finding some little things like that yeah
1: I'll have to go back and look at those things because I've seen each episode twice but I haven't seen it all
0: right you haven't gone back and watched Mm -mm. it like in sequence binged it no oh and so Larry when he's not in prison yet he's just talking to the cops in this like conference room you know with Mm -hmm. Greg Kinnear and uh Colin Moss, <laughs> his his style is different. You know, uh-huh. we see him in, in prison like 90% Most, of the yeah. show, right? But for the first episode, he's not in prison. And so his hair is shorter than we mm-hmm. see it. And his burn sides are all, they're like trimmed like, and mm-hmm. well kept. And as the show progresses, they get kind of longer and scruffier. Yeah. And, and messier. his hair gets
1: messier. Yeah. Which could signify too that he was put together... In the beginning and then because Jimmy kind of does that, too, like he's very put together in the beginning. And then as the episodes go, gets a little more disheveled, you know, obviously the beard at the end. But yeah, um, his hair is less perfect. Yes. Um, so maybe that's shown like as the disheveled and you don't have access
0: to grooming in prison. <laughs> right. Except Jimmy certainly has hair gel or something. <laughs> <Yeah. that he laughs> something. Uses. There's something going on with his hair. All the
1: time. Well, if he's able to get oh that was the first prison when he was able to trade things for better food. Maybe he was trading it for hair gel.
0: Maybe. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I got for episode one. Uh we did a pretty good deep dive on all these mm-hmm. episodes, so it's I don't have to dwell on each one, but yeah. for episode two, this uh I <laughs> I watched episode two with my mom and We just were commenting on the 90s tech of it all. There's a lot of 90s tech things going on. I think we talked a little bit about the cell phones when we talked about the episode. But also um, when Macaulay is talking to Jimmy and telling him about the other option for her Mm -hmm. as far as somebody to send in with Larry. She has a laptop that she Mm -hmm. shows like this mugshot of this other person and the laptop is like an inch and a half thick (laughs) yeah it's so big i noticed that
1: when i was watching it the first time
0: (laughs) so 90s there's a lot of uh good 90s vibes through the whole show
1: and no one has a cell phone do they uh well miller does
0: yeah so miller does and drysdale the marion yeah or the wabash guy they have cell phones and it's this whole thing where he like hangs up and he's like, let me call you from the the landline. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But they're like not
0: iPhones, obviously. No, 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 no. They have like big antennas (laughs) that you have (laughs) to pull up. They (laughs) should have
1: had the like Zach Morris phone.
0: (laughs) That's that's early nineties. We're in mid nineties by now. Uh, (laughs) And uh, during the confession scene in episode two, Larry, Is talking about, you know, he's talking about his dreams throughout the entire beginning episodes. And he talks about having nightmares Mm -hmm. and not sleeping and how he's always tired and sad, which ends up being this big factor Mm -hmm. in the show and in what causes Larry to um, try to kill himself. So it's interesting that it was brought up that early on. Yeah. I noted that.
1: Because it kind of like helps with the, where he makes you think, oh, maybe he is actually just having dreams yeah because
0: he's talking about it and you question yeah. it <laughs> um also in this scene Larry does this like hand gesture and it's it <laughs> i'll I'll post a screenshot because I can't really describe it <laughs> completely uh, but uh he does this hand gesture where he like holds his hand out flat
1: mm-hmm.
0: in episode two and it's the exact same hand gesture that he makes later when he's talking to jimmy in episode six. Oh yeah yeah i know what like you're thinking yeah i know what thing. you're talking about yeah he like holds out his hand and he, he says something about like a deity in episode six yes that, that hand gesture that yes. he makes he does the same thing in episode two and i was like mm-hmm. that's a that's a larry that's thing a, that's a man <laughs> just a random thing <laughs> and i found so this is the most interesting thing that i found out about episode two so the episode's called We are coming, Father Abraham, Mm -hmm. because of the song that Larry sings in the car when he's driving with Miller. Mm -hmm. And so, this song was a poem that was written and they put it to music, and it was in response to a call by Abraham Lincoln for more volunteers to fight in the Union for the Civil War.
1: Oh. So, I thought it was exactly yeah it's a
0: very Mm -hmm. a deliberate choice of songs for sure it's something that probably larry has at the top of his head all the time yeah that he sings yeah civil war thing
1: it's like a not a lullaby but kind of (laughs) like that Yeah. yeah Use like that because, like you said, it was a common lyrics in his head already. It's not like, yeah,
0: it's a big thing to think War. hard. Mm-hmm. Although, I think he does like it seems like he does more. I don't know if he reenacts as a Union officer or yeah. a Confederate officer when he does Civil War stuff because there was a, definitely a Confederate flag, yeah, in his cell. But, but who but wore the
1: know. blue uniforms in the Civil War?
0: I think the Union wore blue.
1: I'm a really bad Maybe he does maker. both. Um, the Union Army wore blue and the Confederate wore gray.
0: Okay. I'm pretty so. sure Larry wore blue. I'd have to look at the pictures again. I think he wore blue. Yeah. Maybe he does both sides. Maybe. I mean, maybe
1: somebody depends. has to do both sides. Right. Maybe it depends on what they need that day. Yeah. <laughs> Based on these pictures, it looks like the Union maybe. It's hard hmm. to tell based on the pictures of the reenactment stuff here interesting (laughs) yeah he probably did it all because he also did like revolutionary war stuff too right yeah yep and they worked completely different costumes uniforms not costumes Costumes. (laughs) larry's was a costume costume. yeah yeah (laughs) it was a uniform my dad would be so ashamed
0: (laughs) sorry Kristen's dad
1: my dad was not in the American Revolutionary War. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm still alive today. <laughs> He's just
1: history and military, so
0: I know better than that. <laughs> oh, boy. I love American history stuff. Doesn't mean I have facts off the top of my head. I have no. other random facts, maybe. <laughs> not specifically about uniforms. I am very bad at history.
1: I, I know a lot, but I don't know, like, dates or... If you Thank goodness quiz for Hamilton. On,
0: yeah, exactly. I was going <laughs> to say, if you want to quiz me on Hamilton lyrics, I got you. Um, <laughs> the historical accuracy of Hamilton, though.
1: I probably know more about history from Hamilton than I do from 12 years of school.
0: <laughs> and I took history
1: in college, so <laughs> I sh- should know a lot more.
0: You spent money on history classes. Mm-hmm. And still.
1: In my defense, in college, I took European history. so.
0: Oh, well. <laughs> There's no revolutionary uh, war in that class? No. Anyway, so episode three, (laughs) moving right along. (laughs) We did not talk about the first scene where Jimmy tries to talk to Larry for the first time. Oh, yeah. We didn't even mention it in our episode. (laughs) No. So when they're... When they're in in line at the pills? Yeah, when they're getting their Mm -hmm. medication... And Larry, Larry doesn't answer him or anything, no. but Jimmy tries to reach out and talk to him for the first mm-hmm. time here. But yeah, I was like,
1: we. Yeah, Larry just completely blows him off in that.
0: Yeah. Jimmy asks him the question, and Larry just kind of points, like, mm-hmm. move up, the lines moving. <laughs> yeah. Come doesn't on, say let's anything. Go. Get this over with. I'm like, how did we not mention the first time Jimmy <laughs> tries to talk to Larry in the show?
1: <laughs> we had too many <laughs> we were, other things to talk about. We did.
0: And it was, and, it was the first time that. And we had
1: joe on the show that day
0: we did have joe on the sh- on that, and episode. we had recorded
1: with him before the episode
0: yeah we were flustered it was our yeah. first actor interview <laughs> sorry and we joe. recorded it
1: before <laughs> yeah we're much better now joe
0: <laughs> we we're practiced in <laughs> interviews now <laughs> we two more since then yeah because we recorded him
1: before that ep- we recorded that episode right before yeah so we were still probably on our high from rec- talking to him and we were just like, let's just we get going. We missed some
0: stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to, someday talk to Joe again and be like, no, we we really are. We're better. We're we, good We've at this, gotten now. better.
1: We were good then. We were just excited. <laughs> we were
0: excited. <laughs> we're always excited.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't think I was nervous,
0: though. So, uh, other things for episode three. The first thing that Gigante says to Jimmy when they first meet up, mm-hmm. he tells Jimmy that Basically, if he snitches, he's going to hmm. cut out his tongue and sew his mm-hmm. lips shut. So that, that was like a <laughs> foreshadowing thing. Mm-hmm. Also, speaking of Joe Williamson, we did not <laughs> talk enough about the big slap. Yeah. We I mean, we sort of talked about it, but we didn't. First of all, we didn't even really talk to Joe about it. We talked about it well, we av- off like after
1: f- yeah <laughs> but,
0: but we didn't it was this huge moment <laughs> he slapped yeah. him and he just like grabbed his face really hard
1: cuz we we briefly mentioned it in the episode because we talked to Joe after about it yeah um after we stopped recording and it was like a real slap Taryn yeah. told him to like actually slap him and slap yeah. him harder
0: slap him harder really but yeah, that go was, for it
1: so that was a real yeah
0: slap.
1: that sound was actually <laughs> hand in hand. cheek
0: hand yeah. in mouth that's yes. the name of the episode right yep <laughs> we you're right i mean we did talk about it briefly but <laughs> just i don't think we focused on it enough no it was this huge moment this like jaw-dropping moment
1: and, and we talked to joe about it for a few minutes we did <laughs> but sorry guys we fr- we hit the stop button
0: we hit the stop button and then we kept talking So for episode four, actually, okay, I I thought that I was on to something. By the time I got to episode four in this rewatch, I was noticing that I thought that all of the episodes maybe started off with a focus on a death. Mm. So I I like went back and thought about it. So episode one started off with Jessica Roach. That was mm-hmm. like the first scene was her and how, you know, Jimmy was talking about how she's connected to him. And then episode two started with Trisha Reitler disappearing mm-hmm. behind Larry's van. But episode three d- did not no. start with anything related to that. Um, so that threw off my theory. But <laughs> the rest of the episodes do because episode four was it started off with the dead man in the funeral home mm-hmm. in the graveyard. That our buddy Cade is in. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And episode five started with Jessica's grandmother dying mm-hmm. and like that funeral. Mm-hmm. Then episode six starts with the dream mm-hmm. thing, which has Jessica and it. it sort of depicts her right. murder in Jimmy's mind after it had mm-hmm. been Disgusting. explained to him in yeah. detail by Larry. The episode before that, yeah. So I was like, oh, all of these episodes start off with this like death theme, but episode three totally threw that off. So <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was like really on. Thought you were onto here. something. Yeah. Maybe it's something. <laughs> maybe there's a deleted scene they forgot. Maybe. To at the beginning of that. Or something. maybe there's
1: some sort of symbolism.
0: Yeah. I don't know. But I will say that the opening scene for episode three or no, episode four. Sorry. It, I know it threw off a lot of people. Pe- uh, folks thought it was Big Jim who had died or that it was mm-hmm. supposed to be some character that we Yeah, know. I was
1: confused. when I, I mean, not confused, but I was wondering who it was when it first started
0: yeah and uh but it wasn't a main character mm. it wasn't anyone that we knew by name
2: Mm-mm.
0: but <laughs> I, I know that it confused a lot of people i even saw some tweets that are like "How is big jim still alive when he died in episode four <laughs>
1: like no <laughs> no <laughs> did- just some no, random
0: didn't happen and was
1: in the past it was 20 years in the past yeah exactly. 30 years whatever it was 25 yeah. years ago
0: it was the the corpse yeah shout out to the guy who played the corpse
1: (laughs) (laughs) and cade for toughing it out and being in there
0: yeah being literally in a grave Mm -hmm. um i think we did not talk enough about christopher backus his performance as Mm -hmm. the younger version of big jim uh he was really good and i think Mm -hmm. I don't know if he was trying to emulate Ray Liotta and trying to like be as similar to Ray Liotta as he could, but I, I kind of felt that I felt that yeah. they were,
1: I definitely caught that, especially in that episode. And then, but I, I think my brain registered registered it more in episode six
0: mm-hmm. with the dream. Yeah. Cause they
1: were flashing between the two a lot more. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it registered more that, He had a lot of mannerisms like it. He kind of just had that feel.
0: Yeah. It was a really good connection Mm -hmm. um, of basically playing the same character. Kind of similar to like maybe Taron Egerton and Kit Mm -hmm. Connor both playing Mm -hmm. Elton John. Yeah. Playing a younger version of Taron. It was very like, I don't know, they studied each other or worked together. Yeah, he had mannerisms
1: of both Elton and Taron mixed in. Whereas Taron just had Elton. It's kind of yeah. I I that fascinates me when younger actors are playing an older, or actors are playing a younger version of a, somebody that you already are established.
0: Yeah, and, and it's you, so good how they.
1: Not to bring up Once Upon a Time again, but the <laughs> Bailey Bailey Madison, I think is her name. She's a, an actress still, um but she was young, and Once Upon a Time she plays a young Snow White. Who is play is Jennifer Goodwin, and their mannerisms are spot on. Like Bailey did an amazing job at like acting like her. It's just so interesting for me to see that.
0: Yeah, and and it really adds a a, a layer of authenticity to something like that mm-hmm. when the actors are that good at mm-hmm. portraying each other. <laughs> yeah, and portraying the same person. Well, it makes it more believable too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Shout out to Christopher Backus.
1: Yeah,
0: and Good Blue job. Clark
3: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> got to play friend. football. Got to yeah. play football one day. He, I mean, he looked like he knew what he was doing. Yes. So when Jimmy investigates Larry's cell in this mm-hmm. episode, we talked. We talked about the stuff on his mm-hmm. desk, like the teeth in the jar mm-hmm. and the. Mm-hmm and the books and stuff but so there's also a couple of bird carvings sitting there mm-hmm. and I did notice it the first time around mm-hmm. watching but it's not something that we pointed out specifically No, but yeah that's the first falcon mm-hmm. sighting the first bird sighting in the episode and it carries through, through mm-hmm. the rest of the episode but there's a little there's two little figurines sitting there there's a one that's painted black yeah and it's they're very one.
1: similar to the ones that we see in episode six yes just one's painted and one's the wood color
0: yep so there's that the first the first taste is there <laughs> uh, so we did notice it yes <laughs> we just didn't mention it
1: i feel like we maybe brushed over it but i think we were too busy talking about all the other
0: things happening right because it was such an intense moment that we were like yeah. oh my god could we wanted jimmy to get out of yeah.
1: there <laughs> we heart to... was pounding
0: yeah
1: so i definitely remember recalling that there was birds
0: yeah and that's a that's a big theme throughout mm-hmm. that entire episode was the falcon yeah. stuff and yeah i think that's it for mm-hmm. episode four that i had i will say that larry and jimmy you know and they're talking about their childhoods at first and they both are talking about it in a positive light and then mm-hmm. it, it immediately cuts to like this big negative moment <laughs> in their childhood like larry says it was a nice way to grow up, mm-hmm. and then it cuts to him crying while right. in a graveyard. And then yeah. Jimmy said, "Like I was lucky, I had a great dad. Like my dad was my mm-hmm. best friend." And then it cuts to his dad leaving, leaving and not yeah. being there at all. Mm-hmm. So is it like this direct direct parallel? But for episode five, I wanted to say that we asked Lainey Stibing about. Mm-hmm her accent because I don't know if you can tell in uh, the recordings that she sent us, but she definitely has like a Southern Mm -hmm. Louisiana accent. And in the show, you, you don't hear that really. Mm -mm. And so we asked her about it like off mic. We didn't, she Mm -mm. didn't do a recording or anything, but we asked her about it. Like if she worked with a voice coach or something like that. And she didn't, it was, uh, she just recorded it as if she was talking normally. It's her Mm -hmm. regular accent. Which I thought was very interesting. Yeah,
1: because it does sound very Midwestern in the show.
0: Yeah. She did say that maybe because she was enunciating the words mm-hmm. very um, deliberately that maybe that kind of made the accent fall away. So, um, but yeah, that's just Lainey talking as Jessica wrote. She did a good job in that episode. So good. Mm-hmm. I know this is a big episode, but. <laughs> <laughs> we We've talked about it a lot. <laughs> yeah, we did. But I found an error. Uh-oh. I don't know if it's a big error, but I found an error <laughs> in this episode. And I'm surprised that it took this long to find something like this. But I found one. <laughs> when Miller and Macaulay are going to the gas station, I looked at the sign. Mm-hmm. And the price for regular gas that was listed on this sign was listed at two sixty nine dollars a gallon. Which, nowadays, that would be a dream gas price, right? But in 2021... That probably was the actual right. gas price, but not not in not 1997, in 1997 th- or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that is way higher yeah. than the average price of gas. I think in the I think the average price nationally was between like a dollar fifteen and a dollar fifty in that it, range.
1: It was low. Not that I was old enough to drive at that era, but I could drive in the early 2000s. I'm yeah. dating myself. But um <laughs> when I first got my license, gas was ninety-nine cents. Oh boy. A gallon. And I'm from a very small town, so that could right. also yeah, play I a think... part of it. But I remember it took about fourteen dollars to fill my tank. Amazing. When I was first what driving. a dream. Mm-hmm. I don't even yep. want to think
0: about gas prices, what they are no. now. Uh but yeah. in ninety seven it was definitely way, way, way cheaper than two sixty nine.
1: Yeah. But but accurate for probably twenty twenty one
0: yeah for yeah for like early 2021
1: for a small town station
0: yeah so i was like hey (laughs) (laughs) couldn't edit signs for the (laughs) it's just a a quick yeah it's a quick shot of it but it said 269 (laughs) i would love for gas to be 269 again
2: (laughs) yeah please
0: (laughs) so we talked to natalie kingston Mm -hmm. for episode four of our podcast so she could not talk a lot about yeah episode five which is this huge huge scene mm-hmm. that, um and she did give us a heads up off yes. mic well in the episode two, but and then off mic she, she gave told us a little us, bit more yeah yeah she mostly just was like it's the scene in the woodshop so we will know exactly
1: what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah
0: so kristen and i knew what to look out for and mm-hmm. and knew like when when they're in the woodshop we were on high alert yes and boy Oof. did it deliver what she was talking about
1: I can see My why goodness. that was her favorite scene. A hundred percent. To shoot and to to witness, really, right. on all accounts.
0: And uh, speaking of this woodshop scene, when Jimmy's talking to Larry at the beginning of the scene, you know, they're talking about how his phone is not working, his phone
2: mm-hmm.
0: account. And Larry's like, did you make an enemy? And like, yeah, uh, he actually yeah. did. Uh, yes. It was... <laughs> Mr. Carter. <laughs> Our friend. Um, But Jimmy lies to Larry and he says that a guard that he doesn't know the name of told Jimmy that Larry was a kid killer. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, starts this whole scene, this whole big yes. conversation. But it, I just thought that that was really interesting looking back on because in episode six, Carter mm-hmm. literally said something like, you know, a kid killer. Like, yeah. <laughs> he has this line that's like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I don't know if it was Jimmy predicting the future with Mr. Carter saying that later? I don't know, maybe, but he literally says the word kid killer. yeah, I don't think I had anything else that we we really did a a huge deep dive on episode five. yeah,
1: I'm scrolling through my old notes to see if we missed anything but I don't. Everything I, I think we've covered.
0: Yeah, we did a good job. We're good at that. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and in in episode six, I forgot. I really wanted more from the Gigante stuff, but yes. there's this line that he says, "You just never fucking know," or something. You just mm-hmm. never know, and that is really. I was thinking about that because through, I think through the whole show, there's a lot of times where that idea comes up. Yeah. you Like, you just never know. You don't, you never know a man's heart. I think that's a line that somebody says earlier. Mm-hmm. You just don't, you don't know people. You never know. You never know. Never, never know. And that's, yeah, kind of the last time that that is said.
1: And that's kind of like a theme of the story yeah. like, overall, because you never know, because Larry is not the typical serial killer profile, kind mm-hmm. of. So I feel like you never know a person, like you never know.
0: Yeah. Um. So there's this whole thing that Larry picks up from his dad, mm-hmm. right, where Falcons watch over the dead. Mm-hmm. Like that's a whole thing in Larry's mind. I tried to look into whether or not this was actually a thing, and I don't think it is at all. I don't. No, I, don't I don't
1: think. But I think blackbird, like a blackbird, is a symbol for death. So yeah. I think.
0: There, yeah, and falcons definitely have mm-hmm. symbolism with death, but it's not that they watch no. over the dead. No, not that I know. I mean, falcons symbolize a ton Mm -hmm. of things in a bunch of different cultures and religions and stuff. But, you know, I read up a lot about falcons (laughs) and there's nothing about them watching over the dead. They symbolize, like, power and Mm -hmm. freedom and, I don't know, sometimes they're an omen for danger, Mm -hmm. but not watching over the dead. That's
1: not a thing. I did a lot of research in the beginning before we started on symbolism for Blackbird. A, a blackbird and i don't remember even seeing that as something
0: yeah so it's it's just a thing that larry either picked up from his dad which is what the show said mm-hmm. or it's just something that he came up with yeah. like, these falcons are watching over the dead it's not a thing it's just a thing in larry's head um i i also looked up the address that was on uh, the package <laughs> that was being sent to gary hall it's not a real address <laughs> it was like i didn't write down the address but it it was evergreen road mm-hmm. in wabash and that's not a place. there's no evergreen road <laughs> people would be showing up you can't you can't you can't go to gary hall's house sorry guys <laughs> i doubt he still lives there probably not and then i found another error Uh-oh. in this episode another one it's not a big deal <laughs> there's not a lot of errors in this show it's no, very good it's- This one's very minor, (laughs) Um, but if you're looking on a rewatch on episode six, you can maybe look out for it. But in the scene with Gary Hall and Miller and Macaulay, when they're at his house, Gary stands up and goes back into the house, Mm -hmm. right? And both Miller and Macaulay stand up and they put their their hands hands on their 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 weapons Mm -hmm. and they're like ready for Mm -hmm. Gary to come out with a rifle or something and chase him off. But he comes back out just with beer and a photo album. Mm And so they relax. Um, Macaulay pulls her jacket back Mm -hmm. over her gun to cover it. But then in the next shot, her jacket is behind (laughs) the gun again. And then the shot after that, it's pulled over again. So it was just like this little continuity thing that I saw.
1: (laughs) Which I'm surprised that that's the only... Because I'm usually pretty good at picking up on continuity errors. And I didn't catch... I mean, I didn't catch that either. But I didn't catch anything. And that's rare for a TV show not to have any like a button yeah or a piece that, like your hair's different or something
0: right and we were looking for hair things we were looking very hard for hair things yeah, we were hair things.
1: <laughs> yeah but there was like nothing like a button was different or
0: yeah like no-
1: shirt untucked and tucked nothing
0: right yeah there wasn't a lot of it that was the, the one thing that I caught mm-hmm. and uh no I noticed that uh, Greg Kinnear put his hand on his left side mm-hmm. which he's left-handed so his gun's yeah. on his left side that's not an error yeah. that's,
3: that's that's just true. a left-handed yeah. thing
0: that would be true <laughs> but yeah that is all I had for little just the little tidbits through the episodes that we missed I still can't believe it's over <laughs> I can't believe it's over either but uh, the podcast isn't the podcast is not over it will It will be over someday. Yes, eventually it will be, but. <laughs> eventually we'll be done talking about Blackbird. Yes, but not for a few more weeks. Yeah, we have some more stuff in store. Um, but Kristen, what are your overall just like final like feelings about the show? How do you feel about?
1: I enjoyed it and I was actually surprised and um, not. I watched it because of Taron, obviously, but um, <laughs> I've watched a couple of his movies and I can say that I don't like them. And Sarah knows this. I'm a huge Zachary Levi fan, Chris Evans, mm. and yes. I don't watch some of their movies. And I will say I don't. Some of
0: their very <laughs> big movies that I you have would never think...
1: seen Captain <laughs> – I almost said Captain Planet. That goes to show you. <laughs> <laughs> Captain America. I've never seen any of those. Nothing. Oh,
0: goodness. And I've seen some
1: bad Chris <laughs> Evans movies. but And some of my favorite actors are in really bad movies. And I still watched them, but I will say I didn't like it. This is not my typical movie. I would not have watched it or typical show if Taryn wasn't in it. But <laughs> I enjoyed it. Like it was well done. The acting is ugh, like I mean I've said it plus 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 said it countless times. Amazing. <laughs> I need to be in charge of their Emmy submissions because they need them.
0: <laughs> Everyone.
1: I don't know that I'd ever watch a show like that again. Unless somebody from this cast was involved with it, yeah, <laughs> our friends. Because it's just not my thing. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a thriller type show watcher. But it was really well done. Like they did the book justice with with making it its own thing. I think like you didn't need to ro- read the book to watch the show, and it was separate enough that it wasn't like a documentary type of a thing. Mm-hmm. They changed it up enough and gave it its own story while still keeping. Yeah true to the main plot i i gave it yeah. i say 9.5 out of 10
0: <laughs> there's always room for improvement.
1: yeah and it's nothing like <laughs> i would say a 10 out of 10 but you know it's not my type of movie or show it's i couldn't watch it at night <laughs> <laughs> i can't watch that stuff at night um i had to watch like filler stuff afterwards so that i didn't have nightmares
0: yeah i i always had uh it's on Apple TV, mm-hmm. and so every time I watch an episode, Ted Lasso mm-hmm. would pop up as like my next up next yeah. thing because I Ted Lasso is a show that I mm-hmm. will rewatch just for mm-hmm. comfort and happiness, and so <laughs> maybe play an episode of Ted Lasso just to lighten the mood.
1: Yeah, but yeah, Cause
0: yeah, I, it, it it gets dark. Yeah. and it was hard to watch at times for sure. Yeah,
1: but overall, I I really enjoyed it. Um, it I surprised myself how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, because I was I went into it thinking eh. It'll be okay. I'll watch it just for Taryn. And I ended up loving so much more of it than just yeah. Taryn, um, who was yeah, amazing. Yeah, this
0: podcast probably helped, helped you with that. I, I would, I would think so,
1: because I was able to look at it a little differently. Like, yeah. I was analyzing it, but I found myself watching it, just watching it, not watching it and taking notes or whatever, because that was always the second watch. But um, yeah, I think... I think overall it was really well done. I wish Apple would have promoted it a little bit more, but they're not the best with their promotion. They're word of mouth, I think, which is sad because they have some really great original programming. They
0: really do. There's a lot. Ted Lasso
1: is amazing. Morning Show is pretty good. Uh, Palmer, if you haven't watched Palmer on Apple TV, um, it's Justin Justin Timberlake Timberlake movie is really good. Uh, That was another one that I was surprised that I enjoyed. That's another actor that. He's been in some rough movies, and <laughs> I haven't um, I couldn't just, watch some of them because they're just <laughs> I just can't.
0: The, I mean, Apple TV had the Oscar-winning movie mm-hmm, last year, yeah, 2021, mm-hmm. Coda, yeah. It was an Apple TV original, but
1: before it won the Oscar, I had never heard of that movie. Mm-hmm. I know, I think it came out right before around the Oscar time, anyway. But it
0: did. yeah, it was only a few weeks yeah, before the Oscars, um,
1: but still, no public. There were no like commercials or anything for right. it
0: come on apple step your game up and i don't we're helping you out we're made we made a whole podcast about <laughs> one limited series right. for your platform
1: <laughs> but i mean if you if you have still have apple tv definitely keep watching the shows on it mm-hmm. because the
0: shining girls
1: i haven't that's seen that another
0: yet. one that's if, if you liked blackbird shining girls is another um sort of thriller type dramatic show with like an element of time travel and sci-fi in there a little bit it's really good with elizabeth moss mm-hmm. and jamie bell
2: mm-hmm.
0: who i love <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a really it's a really good show too mythic quest isn't is another like comedy type show that's on mm-hmm.
1: there the, the new um it just came out last week it's a movie luck lucky luck
0: oh like the cartoon mm-hmm. one so yeah they're doing they're doing promo mm-hmm. for that. They, they changed uh, their yeah. they changed their icon to have the little cat from mm-hmm. that movie on there. They're they're promoting for this little cartoon. And
1: if you watched once upon a time, uh Colin O'Donohue, who plays Captain Hook is a voice in that
0: movie, <laughs> which also has a connection to Blackbird because Tony yes, Amendola please. is in Blackbird. Yes. Yes, the chin, Vince Gigante. Anyway, so what did you think? I yeah, I uh I agree with you. I think it was a really, it was a fair retelling Mm -hmm. of the story. It brought a lot of key moments from the book that stood out in my mind when I was reading it. And then to see that on screen Mm -hmm. being portrayed was really cool. Um, That was really exciting. And the fact that it brought some extra drama Mm -hmm. into it to kind of heighten situations Mm -hmm. was really cool. Obviously, the Mr. Carter thing Mm -hmm. was totally written in, not, not real. Right. There was no Mr. Carter in the book. um, So that was really interesting Mm -hmm. to watch and follow the story. I I wish that there was Mm -hmm. more of that even too. But yeah, it was really good. And I I think I I knew before all this started that it was going to be good. Obviously, I I wouldn't have started this podcast if if I didn't think it could be. Oh, I knew it
1: would be amazing. I just didn't know that I would enjoy it as as much as I did.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad I. I'm glad I was able to rope you into <laughs> to doing this podcast with yes, me. Yes, I am too. But yeah, yeah, we definitely knew it was going to be good, and I think it was better mm-hmm. than I even thought it could be. Yeah, I. Yeah, I love it. I mean, obviously, this show is going to be an important part of yes. my life just forever. Yeah. Just from doing this, um, it's great. Yeah, I. <laughs> I've seen the reviews for the show are top-notch like there's hardly any negative things that I've seen I'm gonna
1: look up Rotten Tomatoes right now and see what it is today
0: yeah it's high I mean it's high 90s it Mm -hmm. hasn't changed from high 90s since it started um I have seen a couple of negative like I mean there's there's like one or two official critic reviews that were negative but I saw like I think it was a Facebook comment or a tweet or something recently that said it had one of the dumbest serial killers ever. (laughs) That was like their negative review of it, which I I just laughed. I'm like, maybe, okay, first of all, (laughs) maybe he's not the smartest serial killer. He did get caught. Yes. (laughs) Um, Right. I would argue that the one, like any serial killer who gets caught Mm -hmm. is not smart. Right. (laughs) And it's a real story. (laughs) So- that I mean, that's how Larry Hall really right. was. With you know, some dramatic liberties taken, but that's a that's a real person, a real serial killer, right? Um, and the core of the character is based on real events. Right. So I don't know. I thought that that was like <laughs> I, I I didn't want to like defend Larry Hall as a right. serial killer or as a character, but I just thought that that was a funny uh, review. But mostly they're they're all positive. Yes,
1: on Rotten Tomatoes uh, on the tomato meter, so the critics is ninety seven percent. And the audience is ninety six, so
0: a a, plus.
1: and you don't normally see that where it's the same for both, mm-hmm. especially that high. Normally, the critics are one way, and the audience is the other. They kind of don't often
0: reflect each other. Yeah, it's just it's just that good. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if people are listening to this podcast; they know that though. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to listen to episode seven right. of a podcast all about a show that they don't <laughs> like. See
1: what this podcast is all about. <laughs>
0: So yeah, you you guys all know that this show is good
1: and fun. <laughs> Go watch I, it again though. On the most popular TV on Rotten Tomatoes, Blackbird is listed, and besides Only Murders in the Building and The Bear, it has the highest rating. So good.
0: Those are two really good shows and to be on. The up Bear is one hundred percent,
1: and so is Only Murders in the Building. Yeah. So
0: it's hard to compete with Steve Martin. So. Oh, Better
1: Call Saul <laughs> is the same. So. That's been around for a while.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Way to go, Blackbird. Yay.
1: And it's in the top of like most watched and stuff. Like it was on a bunch of top lists.
3: The Mm -hmm. Wikipedia
1: page was the most visited, which may have been (laughs) me. (laughs) (laughs) I always have Wikipedia from whatever I'm watching, like anything. And it could be something like One Tree Hill, and which I have seen countless times <laughs> you
0: have the wikipedia
1: memorized yeah, like. i should but i always had the wikipedia page up because somebody will do something i'll be like oh what's this person doing or what person what was this person in or where did they shoot this or what was the year they shot this so i almost always have the <laughs> yeah. wikipedia
0: page up so i yeah i'm like that too i usually I have like imdb NDB page google up yeah um I can't just watch things. Oh, no. I can't just sit there and enjoy something. I have to know everything about it.
1: And I immediately go to IMDb to see (laughs) what else they've been in that they could possibly be. (laughs) One episode of Friends. Mm -hmm. Um. (laughs) Episode of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. They play like a random patient.
0: (laughs) Yeah. In in one episode with like five minutes of the show. (laughs) Yeah. Totally.
1: But yeah, I think... I think it's being really well received by everybody. I'm so glad. Everybody that I've talked to that I talked into watching, I talked my whole office into watching it. Um, And everybody loves it. Like every Friday or Monday, depending on when they watched it, everyone would be like, the episode five, oh my gosh. And they'd talk (laughs) talk about it. And and then they've watched or now listen to the podcast.
0: Yay. Yeah. Shout out to all Kristen's coworkers. Sorry, I annoyed you.
1: I <laughs> made you watch it,
0: but I'm not sorry. Um. So, should we get to our guests? Yeah, real
1: quick? let's do it. Now that we've talked,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, first of all, Cecilia Liao plays Rochelle mm-hmm. in Blackbird, and we had a lot of questions for her. Yes. Um. So she was uh, kind enough to send us some voice clips talking about her time on the show. Yes. So here she is.
2: My name is Cecilia Leal and I play Rochelle. Rochelle is the last fling of Jimmy's before he gets arrested. Um quite literally the night before he's arrested. Um she's a waitress and um she's sassy and smart and yeah, she's she's there to have a good time. <laughs> I got this role through my agent. Um who submitted me for the project. And then I put myself on tape. It was a self tape audition. Um, I had a couple of scenes. Um, one of them was when we meet and I'm waiting on him. And the other one was an improv scene, um, where I was supposed to be kind of drunk and kind of rambling and kind of flirtatious. I had a lot of fun with that. Um, it's always nice to have some freedom in a self tape. Uh, Yeah, that's how I got it.
0: We asked Cecilia what she knew about the story beforehand Mm -hmm. and also what sort of research and prep that she did for her character.
2: I had never heard of the story. I'm shocked to know that I had never heard of it because I, like many people, love true crime. But I hadn't. Uh, How did I prepare for the role? Well, for the role, I mean, the biggest part was just the the 90s of it all so just like kind of getting in touch with what Rochelle's lifestyle might be like in this in the mid 90s nightlife you know what kind of restaurant maybe she worked at maybe what kind of aspirations she had because my my character sort of exists just in the memory of you know Jimmy's flashbacks and his life previous to prison it's it's simpler. I, d- I didn't really have to do so much of, like research, just the typical acting research, I think. I have not read the book the story is based on. The show certainly makes me curious about reading it, but I do love watching it, so it's harder for me to go back and read a book after I've seen the content it's based on. I like to go the other way around, read the book first, but um, I didn't get there.
1: <laughs> the next uh, question we asked Cecilia was, what her favorite part of filming was, and what she thinks of the show so far. Um, And this, we asked her these questions around episode four, so she, she obviously didn't tell us what happened in episode six.
0: Right. Yeah, we chatted with her a little bit early on, so here's what she had to say.
2: As far as the process goes and sort of creating Rochelle, definitely costume, makeup, hair. They just between the four of us we really just created this woman, you know. And even though Rochelle really only pops in for a moment here and there throughout the series, she she's a person, right? And so, and and it's the mid-90s. It's like prime period. <laughs> you know, the the makeup with the overlined lips and the intense smoky eye, the big billowy hair and the tight dress and lots of jewelry. I also, they also added tattoos to my already, I have a couple of existing tattoos that they had my character keep, which was cool, but they added like a barbed wire one around my arm. I mean, this all together, plus what I bring to the character just created this, this fully, fully formed person that really looked and existed very differently than I do, which created a lot of freedom for me as a performer, especially where I have to do something like really intimate it kind of helps to be like very far from who I actually am. That part of the process was pretty exciting, separate from the actual acting part, which is, you know, always the best part. I think the show's awesome. I'm so excited to see how they wrap things up over the next two episodes. Um, some really, you know, incredible performances. It's shot beautifully. It's a. It's just it's it's coming together for me.
0: Next, we had to ask Cecilia about what it was like working with Taryn Mm -hmm. and, of course, the big scene Mm -hmm. between the two of them. Um, So here is what she had to say about that.
2: Well, I got to work with Taryn and that's really the only actor I get to work with because all of my scenes are with him. Rochelle does not exist without Jimmy. And he was amazing. He's exactly what you hope he's like. Um, I was a big fan of his before. So I was really excited when I found out I was going to get to work with him. I thought he was amazing in Rocket Man. And yeah, he was warm, generous, like curious, and a good leader, which you have to be when you're number one on the call sheet and you're an executive producer. He just sort of embodies all the qualities that, that I want to emulate in my career and work my way towards. And he was very sensitive, especially when we have to do the intimate stuff, which is just nerve wracking for all parties. Okay. <laughs> a big scene the night before jimmy is uh house is raided uh yeah this was a little nerve-wracking for sure i mean it was my first on-screen professional um sex scene um which is just you know a weird thing always and is you know for everyone often um and i i was more nervous about you know m- me being really nervous and and maybe Taryn not being nervous and Taryn feeling very experienced in this kind of thing and and me not being that way, but it was like really the opposite. We were both nervous. Um, so that actually helped, um, take the edge off because we both kind of just came at it from the same place and we were very communicative. And I did have an intimacy coordinator who was a lifesaver. Her name's Devin McNair. She was just incredible. Um, so yeah, we did, we had her there, you know, I had her there on set, but we also had meetings with her before. We met, um, you know, in a trailer and had our own little sort of conversations. And uh, it was great. It Honestly, like, best case scenario in that respect. And then it was as private as possible, like, as few crew members as possible. Also makes a massive difference having a woman behind the camera. Natalie Kingston being the DP and, like, really taking a scene that is, like, pretty intense and like raw, um, and lighting it like a love scene. Like it was like very pretty and warm lighting. I don't know. She just, she just has a lot of care and we don't normally get to see women behind the camera like that. She's a badass. Um, yeah, honestly, it was, it was a lot. It was very hard, very hard to watch. Very, very hard to watch. Very cringe, but I did it.
1: And the next question we asked her was some things that they film. She talks about things that they filmed um, that didn't actually make it into the show. So it was pretty interesting to hear,
2: yeah, anything else? I don't know. I mean there's some stuff that has that didn't make it in that was exciting um as far as like any extra stories I wanted to share uh there's some stuff at the bar uh from last episode from episode four where uh i just my character just gets like progressively more and more junk, drunk through the night so they show you know me sort of rambling um and getting taking more shots and getting more over the top flirtatious and and then, like us getting in a cab, so it's sort of like the steps between us being like semi sober and flirting to me being like wasted, and then us you know back at his place for the final hurrah <laughs> before he's arrested or raided his before his house is raided the next morning. That stuff was really fun. um I understand why you know things get cut and but it was a really fun thing to shoot uh to just be a total totally wasted. <laughs>
0: I hope that someday there's like an extended version or like some bonus features released one day, so we can see some of that. I know, I know that there's more deleted scenes out there too that have, yeah, that um, there was. I mean, there's one that Dennis Lehane talked Mm -hmm. about in an interview um, that would be cool to see. So, like maybe Maybe, they'll release it on a DVD one day. Maybe I haven't seen that from Apple. Mm -mm. Maybe they'll do that. I don't know. Because
1: sometimes streamer shows do release on DVDs. Mm-hmm. or if they'll maybe they'll do like a special
0: i hope so yeah that would be so cool just have a some, little something have some bonus features. yeah
1: yeah an extended cut or bloopers <laughs>
0: blooper reel <laughs> i love
1: blo- <laughs> i love a good blooper reel
0: yes even especially for a dramatic show yes it's like oh
1: <laughs> a lot of dramatic shows don't have them though just because yeah. the.
0: they just don't the nature mm-hmm. of it yeah um anyway here is one final note from Cecilia.
2: Where can people find me on social media? Um, I'm on Instagram at uh, Cecilia, Cecilia underscore, 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 Leal, L-E-A-L. Um, that's where you can find me. Uh, this is awesome. This podcast is so cool. And I can't believe y'all are spending all this time and dedication um, and interest and that you're that like, curious about, you know, all of us, all the little pieces that make this show. Yeah, it's so cool. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much, Cecilia, for being a part of our show. We enjoyed listening to your answers and appreciate your willingness and time.
0: Yeah, it was so awesome hearing from you. And and thank you for what you said about mm-hmm. our podcast. Yes, yeah, that was, that was really nice sweet. <laughs> I'll link Cecilia's Instagram page in our show notes. So definitely go follow her. Mm-hmm. And now... <laughs> I got made fun of for my drum roll sound when we were talking about Colin in episode six. (laughs) I shouldn't make goofy sounds. Um, um, We have Carter, Carter Bellamy. He sent us some voice clips answering a bunch of our burning questions for him. So we're going to let him introduce himself and tell you about how he came to do what he does. It's really interesting. (laughs) It's so cool. Yeah. And uh, and how he got to Blackbird Mm -hmm. specifically also.
3: Hey, my name's Carter Bellamy, and I was Taryn Edgerton's dialect coach on Blackbird. I got into being a dialect coach, uh, first and foremost, by being an actor who was sort of obsessed with accents and really just enjoyed doing them. And at acting school, it was always, you know, sort of one of my favorite classes. Um, And then when I left school, I wanted to pursue it further and uh, moved to England. And I got a master's degree in sociocultural linguistics, which is sort of like Uh, social science side of linguistics that looks at like you know the cultural forces that shape how and why we talk and sort of that mixed with my acting background um just sort of (laughs) just sort of led me here. I got the job on Blackbird uh through working with Taryn on a movie called Tetris that we actually filmed before Blackbird uh in Glasgow at sort of the end of 2020 um and he and I Uh, I just built a really good working relationship, and he asked me if I was up for a a big sort of adventure job and moving to New Orleans for six months, and, uh, and we went for it.
1: As you heard, Carter started working with Taryn on Tetris, so we wanted to dive deep a little on that. So this next bit is a little bit deeper on the Tetris
3: work. So before Blackbird, I actually worked on a movie with Taryn called Tetris. Um, in which he's playing a character who, generally speaking, for all intents and purposes, sounds American, but is um, is another real person uh, who originally grew up in the Netherlands, but then very quickly moves to New York, and then spends time in Hawaii, and then spends time in Japan. Um, and so he, when you listen to him, you think that is an American guy. And then there's like every once in a while, there's these sort of little touches of Dutch. Um, I think it was great to start with Tetris because Tetris is a more, as I said, more broad, sort of less regionally focused sound. So you sort of get like a baseline Americanness ness in there. And then when we go to Blackbird, Taryn already has that sort of baked in. And then we can get really, really specific, which is what he and I both wanted to do with Kankakee and with Jimmy. So I think in that sense, it was actually really helpful to have gone from from Tetris onto this one, even though they are very different voices.
0: The next bit was very... Interesting. Carter told us about the process of developing the accent with Taryn, and he really broke it down mm-hmm. into how he does it really for um, any actor that he works with. And it's very, yes. very cool. So here's that for you.
3: So when you start uh, working on an accent with an actor, I think, I think the whole process really comes down to three parts. There's research, and then there's the like practical application of what you've learned, and then there's performance. So. So part one is all research. It's listening to as many clips of speakers from the area as I can. And as much like, you know, specific scholarly linguistic writing as I can find is, is often really useful in the research phase. Later, it becomes more of a hindrance because then you're just trying to like remember rules. And that's not actually useful when you're acting. So, yeah, step one is research. Then we get to part two, which is taking all that research and actually applying it to learning the voice and speaking in the voice. Um, and this part I think is the hardest it's just because learning an accent is innately I think a bit embarrassing like doing a voice in front of someone that's not your voice like you know it just feels a bit funny and I think you have that sort of like innate vulnerability of oh my god this isn't how I talk mixed with like you're learning a sort of complex set of rules of the way you'll have to speak and it can just feel quite daunting at the start because it's just a lot of information to take in Um, luckily Taryn's really just he's very good at accents but he also isn't an actor that's sort of ruled by his ear like he's 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 got a good ear and he can really like listen to the sounds and apply them but he's not just going to rely on that so he can really get the system like quite deeply embedded in his work which pays off so much in part three which is performance uh, because in part three, it's like, okay, let's take all the things that we've worked on, all the research that I've done, all the work that we've done to build the accent, to get you comfortable with all the sounds, to apply all those sounds to the text to see, okay, where, where did these sounds come up? How does that feel? Um, trying to do some improvisation just to like, you know, stay in it to see how that feels. And then part three is performance, which is I want actors to stop thinking about the accent. I want all of the thinking about the accent to code to me, their coach. That's what they've hired me to do is sort of outsource that amount of thinking because there comes a point when you're performing in an accent where if you don't have the confidence to just sort of put it in your back pocket and trust that it's there, trust that you've done all your homework, you're never going to, you're going to be acting with one hand tied behind your back. And Taryn put so much work in that I think he had real confidence and real sort of stability in the accent to just let it rip and go for it.
1: Uh, this next question, something I really wanted to know, was if it's better for the actor to stay in character, like in the accent, the whole time, even once the camera stops rolling, or once if it's okay if they go in and out.
3: I hear actors talk about a lot in um, sort of on press junkets when they've sort of famously done an accent of like whether or not they stayed in the accent the whole time, and I just think it's a real personal decision, whatever makes you most comfortable and doesn't tire you out. Um I think I would trend on the side of dropping it if you can just because um it's really it's hard work doing an accent especially if it's very different from your own it's it's a muscular thing and also if you've ever spoken a foreign language and like or like been somewhere done like an immersion program it is tiring to speak a language that isn't your own it's the same with an accent um so I think if it's helpful to you and you don't get tired great stay in it I think staying in the accent offset is a bit much personally. I think uh, you might annoy your co-stars and your coworkers workers um, because they might just want to talk to you as a normal person. But, you know, it's uh, it's also like accents are just are tricky and are can be really embarrassing. So if staying in it keeps you sort of in the bubble of not feeling embarrassed and not feeling vulnerable and really confident, then great, then do it.
0: Yeah, I thought that was really mm-hmm. cool. I, I've also heard about some actors who stay in an accent mm-hmm. i think even for rocket man which is another right. Taryn edgerton joint um <laughs> obviously t- Taryn's british right. it's not Taryn who had to stay in an accent but bryce dallas mm-hmm. howard played elton john's mom and she's american but elton's mom is obviously british and she i think i remember it was back in 2019 when these ago. interviews were going on but i think i remember her saying that she would stay in the accent mm-hmm. at least between takes yeah. I don't know if it was like offset where she would stay yeah. in it but between takes she would stay in the accent yeah. which uh, um, seemed to be helpful for her because
1: so. some actors do stay non-stop like I know Lady Gaga yeah. when she was uh, playing in House of Gucci she
0: kept the accent mm-hmm. for nine months oh my yeah. gosh sounds exhausting mm-hmm. like what Carter said <laughs> All right. We also asked Carter if he could tell us a little bit about other actors that he's worked with. He's had a chance to work with some pretty big deal actors in his career and whether or not he works with each actor in similar ways and if his methods change depending on the person or accent that he's working on. So this is what he had to say.
3: I've been really lucky in my career thus far, actually, to work with a lot of actors who I really admire. I got to work with Matthew McFadden, who plays Tom Wamsgames on Succession, um, which is amazing. You know, it's just, it's an incredible show. And Matthew is a phenomenal actor. Um, It was slightly annoying because uh, I love that show. And so some of it is spoiled because I've, I read the scripts, but then, you know, like a year and a half passes before it comes out and I've forgotten most of it by then, so. Also, gotten to work recently with Ray Fiennes on a play called Straight Line Crazy um, that is coming to New York. If you're listening from there, go check it out. Uh, and Sam Hewen from Outlander. And I worked a lot with Olivia Cook, who's an amazing actor, uh, who's in the new um, Game of Thrones prequel, but she's in Me, Earl and the Dying Girl, and Ready Player One. Um, and we worked, we worked on a very sweet animated movie called Fireheart with Kenneth Brana. Um, and in terms of working with different actors, it is it, my approach. Uh, for my own purposes, is often the same of of researching and making sure I'm ready and making sure I really understand the accent in a way that I can teach it. And it's not sort of like an overbearing, you know, piece of like pressure that I need to put on the actor. My job is to make their job ultimately much easier. Um, where it really differs is in the practical application. Some actors don't really want anything written down. They just want it to all be sort of a listening exercise. Um, they're just more auditory learners. Um, so some people just want to hear recordings. Um, some people want really specific like phonetic transcriptions. And then I'd say for most actors it's it's sort of a mix and match of like whatever ultimately gets you to the place where you feel comfortable. So a sort of mix of hearing recordings of the person's voice or a person's voice you're aiming for, or even sometimes me doing the voice if that's helpful. Um, and then having some stuff written down to sort of refer to, to be like, oh yeah, it's this sound. It's, it's like the O in goat I need to work on. Um, but you know, everyone learns differently, as we know from going to school. And it's just hopefully every actor ultimately gets to a place where they're comfortable and not thinking about their accent while they're performing.
0: Also, off mic, or well, I guess in in (laughs) chatting and not in a recording, we asked Carter about his appearance Mm -hmm. on the show, because you can see him in episode three. Yes. And then even a A little bit bit in episode episode six, I think. Very briefly in six. Yeah. So he plays leper prisoner. So we were like, what is going on with that? (laughs) He told us that he got a chance to audition for the Mm -hmm. role with the local casting director in New Orleans, and he got the part. And I had to know what leper prisoner <laughs> meant. That was something that had confused yes. me for a while. Uh, so Carter just said it's because he is in the group of outcasts yes. that hangs out with Larry. And so that makes him sort of... The leper. Yeah. yeah. You know, untouchable. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, a metaphor. He's in uh, the kid killer crew. Yeah. I don't know what it... It was a group of... Uh, people that no one else wanted to. not great people yeah yeah in, <laughs> a group of people in What's prison it? but like even people in, in prison. prison did not yes. want to associate with them yes uh yeah anyway here's uh one last little note from our new friend carter yeah. bellamy
3: thanks so much for having me you guys i really appreciate it and hope you're enjoying the show
0: you can follow carter on twitter his username is at carter bellamy linked in the show notes i'm
1: so glad we got the to talk to those two people
0: yeah, um, it's super cool. I
1: could have talked to Carter for hours about I know. accents. I want,
0: I want to talk more with Carter. Uh, I love accents. I want accents. to talk more with
1: all, all of them and, <laughs> and everybody. I wish we had more time, but yeah, I absolutely. love accents and like when he was explaining the you know because he went to school for obviously that and yeah, like learning about, you know, it's based on demographic and location and like that just I want to know because I <laughs> have an accent, but not based on where I'm from, I don't think. but I it's just so weird to me that I you know some people get accents very quickly where they live, and some don't. It's just it it's fascinating to me. So I could have yeah. talked yeah, to. He's absolutely. one of those people that you could sit at a coffee shop and just talk to, I feel like right. <laughs> just it's so knowledgeable.
0: Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Thank you, Carter. Yes. and Cecilia. And thank you, Cecilia. So cool. I think <laughs> since this is our wrap up yes. episode, I think we should talk about all of our other uh, favorite people yeah. who we've talked to so far. Everyone. <laughs> everyone. God, everyone is so amazing. Ugh. So first of all, for Hillel Levin and Joe Williamson specifically, mm-hmm. since they are <laughs> our first people who we talked to, they, I mean, were so, so kind. kind and made things easy for us.
1: Because we were very nervous because they were our first Two basically, yeah. and they were the first two that agreed mm-hmm. to do it right off the bat. And
0: yeah,
1: uh, I don't remember who was
0: first, but doesn't matter. It was the same day. I don't remember who was first. Yeah, it either, was but... the same.
1: Yeah, and we were so excited to get like, I'm like, oh, we got the author of the book and somebody from the show. This is so cool. Yeah, not knowing anything about Co. Carter, no, we had our suspicions yes. just because um, of the trailer. But that was and then it. he told us to. He, uh, we should wait to interview him until after we watch episode three. So we knew episode three would right. have a bigger role
0: in, but <laughs>
1: we were so excited to get him and get Hillel as well.
0: Um, and yeah, we are, were not professional like interviewers <laughs> no. in any way. We had no idea what we were doing, and we, uh, they were, they had a lot of great stuff to mm-hmm. share with us, and they put up with our like stuttering and <laughs> pausing, and, uh, they were just as nice yes. as they could be about it. So it was awesome. And
1: they were very laid back, both of them, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, at least for me, it helped me feel a little more at ease. Yeah. It wasn't as nerve-wracking as I thought it would be.
0: Yeah. And then we were totally professional <sighs> and uh, knew exactly what we were doing after that. Of yes, course. of course. Uh, but uh, yeah, thank- super shout yes, out to, thank uh, to those two guys in the beginning. And then, yeah, Natalie Kingston, mm-hmm. who made the show as beautiful as it mm-hmm. was to look at. I remember she was-
1: when we got her, like she got back to us and said that she would do it. I was like, oh my gosh, the cinematographer? That's yeah. huge. So huge. And she was so she was kind. delightful. Yeah. So kind and so knowledgeable of everything. And I can't wait to see what
0: she does next. Yeah. And she, and, she deserves. Uh, go back and, and look at some of her, her other mm-hmm. projects as well. Yeah, And then Colin Moss, of <sighs> course. You know how I feel. A treat. Just a delightful <laughs> yes. person. He was so funny. So much fun. <laughs>
1: it was so but we funny. laughed I mean you can hear it in the episode but we laughed so much and we recorded it yeah. it was late for Cullen and I, I. listened back again
0: yeah. like I, I mean we were there for the interview mm-hmm. and then I listened to it as I'm editing it and then I went and listened again yeah just because it was I've so much fun
1: listened to it twice edited and then <laughs> once obviously while I was live yeah. and laughed just as many times each time and he was so funny and it was late for <laughs> Cullen and I um, yeah later
0: at night and not lately i have a goofy time zone that's like preventing us from recording earlier
1: so maybe that played a part into it but he was just so funny like his accent their accents again Uh,
0: all all the voices (laughs) Oh, he was so good yeah so all of all of those uh those live interview Mm -hmm. people that we talked to super amazing so those are who we talked to live yeah and then of course Mm -hmm. we have to talk about Cade. Yes. And his mom. Yes. Oh, they're so sweet. Who helped us out. So amazing. Uh, Lainey Stibing. Yes. Um, and Michael Stibing, mm-hmm. Lainey's dad. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. I love you guys. Thank you. And Blue Clark oh, and Blue. his family. Thank you for listening. All of you
1: guys for listening. Yeah. I know they all listen, but it's so yeah. sweet. And-, and to have you on the show as well is was even bigger thrill Just for us. Just delightful. Yeah. We can't so wait to good. see what you guys do next. And well, yeah. well, you've got fans for us for life. Yeah.
0: And yeah, and Cecilia oh, and yes. Carter yes. for this episode mm-hmm. too. All, the, all of this goes for our next guests that we're having on. I, oh, I'm so – I I want to tell you guys it's so cool, um,
1: you guys, but we won't. It's going to be, be awesome. I almost slipped earlier in this episode, <laughs> but I was like, whoop.
0: They oh, don't know yet. yet. <laughs> um, But yeah, I, I mean – Everyone has been so kind, generous, mm-hmm. friendly, and really willing to work with us and make time for us, and it's been amazing. Yes, including the people who we're talking to on our next episodes. Yes, so thank you all. And if you guys um, could
1: just have be a fly on the wall when we get these notifications that they're going to be on the show, everybody from the very beginning to. The ones we've got still to come, Sarah and I, because we can't tell anybody. So yeah. we only tell each other.
0: <laughs> we can only freak out with each other.
1: <laughs> my sister does know, but that's it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, my sister yeah. does. My sister, uh, I guess let me just shout out Heidi yes. real quick. Yes. Just because she helps us run our social media stuff. It's it's usually <clears throat> me behind the social media mm-hmm. interactions, and it's always me like in DMs. If you if you're messaging us, it's it's me there. But my sister helps to create the posts. She's awesome. And she's also someone that I can uh, <laughs> freak let out. loose on yes. all of the happenings that are uh, going on with booking guests. We
1: freak out over everything. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Oh my gosh. that I'm so yeah. excited. I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> They've heard the word excited from us <laughs> so <much>. a thousand <laughs> times a week.
1: But it's funny because we can only, we can't share it publicly yet because we want you guys to be surprised, but. Yeah, Um, we wanted that element of surprise for each guest but we get so like I want to tell (laughs) because we've known who all of the guests are the whole time pretty much well Well, I mean not the whole time but like (laughs) as episodes were recording we know who's next kind of yeah so it's hard
0: to not slip (laughs) (laughs) yeah you guys have no no idea we have on the next episode we can't say it god i oh i'm so excited for our next ones uh we
1: have we've got some more good ones coming not that they've not all been (laughs) amazing but the next uh, couple are
0: you have no idea (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah that's all we can say about that
0: (laughs) yeah is there anything else you want to talk about before we uh, wrap this one up just thank you guys for still listening
1: we appreciate it yeah we're having a lot of fun doing it. So knowing that there's actually people listening and not just us talking to a computer screen
0: every week, yeah, still still baffles us every time. Yeah. We're we're looking at download yes. numbers and uh, and stuff, and we're like, what? How what? all these people are listening to us? Me ramble like, on, talk about talk about taryn's hair yeah. for an hour. What are you doing? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yes,
1: thank you. We appreciate it. We look forward to it. Uh, recording every
0: week. We do.
1: I do yeah. at least. I can't talk for Sarah. <laughs>
0: Oh, absolutely. 100%. Of
1: course. And Sarah does all the editing. So big shout out to Sarah who does all of the editing every week. Wow. Uh, (laughs) I have the fun part. It's fun.
0: (laughs) Um, So our next episode, we're taking a little tiny break. Next episode is going to be a kind of a short, Mm -hmm. goofy little filler episode. And then the week after that, big things. Yes. And the week after that, another big thing. Yes.
1: We wanted to give you a little uh, bit of a preparing right. because after next week it's some good stuff right so
0: so yeah next week is gonna be there's gonna be something a drop but it's just gonna be a little goofy short little thing yes and then we will see you guys the week after that yep. and the week after that and the week after that yes and then i think we might be done <laughs> think. maybe we'll see <laughs> we'll see we're not we're not done yet we don't no. actually have a, a solid end date no. quite yet so we, because we have still things left to do yeah we're we still s- still got some surprises up our sleeves we do so yeah thank you guys for yes. listening oh kristen <laughs> we were supposed to have Darren on the show today oh man <laughs>
1: we are so bad with timing
0: are, we are really bad at this sorry right, guys
1: we talk too much
0: Oh my gosh. We I mean we had Carter and Cecilia. Oh, we ugh. okay, sorry. Taryn, I'm so we'll sorry. We'll try
1: again. We can't
0: have you on next week, but
1: yeah, maybe next week's we, yeah.
0: not good either. Oh my gosh. Uh we'll we'll figure it out. We'll fu- we'll try to squeeze you in. Yeah. Sorry about that. Anyway, thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening. Thank you. See you guys later. Bye. Bye.